stay up to date with the latest going on with the Tan and J-Man show on social media. Where can they follow us and like us at, J-Man? You can like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter at Tan and J-Man show, follow us on Instagram at The Tan and J-Man show. Also give us a review on Facebook or Apple Podcasts. Uh, we are starving for reviews, whether it be a five-star review or a one-star review. We'd like it either way. Tune in and listen to the Tan and J-Man show every Monday night where you'll hear hot takes, topics, picks, and more. Welcome back to the Tan and J-Man show. First of the decade, Tan and J-Man show live on the ISC Sports Network as well as the free ISC Sports Network app in their Twitter and Facebook page. Go check us out. Uh, But without further ado, I'd like to uh, introduce my... uh, (laughs) co-host today in 2020 for the first time the tan man what's up what's up <laughs> as you can see i'm rocking my yeah. uh lion eye sweatshirt but we'll get into that a little later uh, do you have some birdie bogey for me i do i do I i'll try not to look at your computer yeah, while this you're, is gonna uh, be challenging <laughs> so as of may 2019 greg popovich was the leading uh Leading NBA head coach in active wins. Act, leading active NBA active, okay. coach with wins with 1,234. Can you name me three of the four guys behind him? In, so, active wins. Yeah. Okay. Okay, I think I have some uh, guesses. Okay. Um, but I will wait till the end of the and give, show. Give me a shot, letting you only name three. I could have been, like, name all of the next four. So he's number one. And, and you don't even have to get him in order. Just three of right. the four. Okay. So, perfect. And the birdie bogey, the first birdie bogey in 2020, is brought to you by the Noble Gnome LLC, fresh, locally grown, nutrient dense produce from Bryce and Katie Rowan Mine of Mintone, Indiana. You can like them on Facebook and follow them on Instagram at Noble Gnome. And of course, you can check out their website, noblegnomellc.com. Can't get any veggies right now, but here in a couple months, you will be get able your to. Veggies in a couple months. All kind of. Uh, Organically grown vegetables, so fresh, nutrient-dense, like I said. I have some uh, on this day for you. Back in 1681, that was a long time 1681. ago. 1681. The first recorded boxing match ever happened. The Duke of Albemarle's butler versus his butcher. <laughs> I, was, <laughs> I just had envisioned some guy against like a kangaroo or something, and them calling it as like the first boxing match ever. That would have been fun. Yeah. Let's see. Back in 1976, old Ted Turner purchased the Atlanta Braves for a reported $12 million. $12 million for a Major League Baseball franchise. I wonder what that equivalates to today. Um, you got an inflation calculator on your computer? I can look it up, but I'm not going to. Now they're running uh, a lot more <laughs> a lot more than $12 million. Just a little bit. I read the when uh, Steinbrenner in a 12-man group bought the Yankees, it was for like $10 million. Back in the 70s. It's pretty cheap. Yeah. Back in 1980, Philadelphia Flyers set NHL record of 35 straight games without a defeat. That's pretty impressive. Not too Broad shabby. Street Bullies. Let's see here. Back in 1992, the New York Yankees signed free agent Danny Tartable. Remember Danny no. Tartable? I don't remember Danny Tartable. No, I don't. Come on, man. Do you? No. Okay. 
1995, Atlanta Hawks coach Lenny Wilkins passed the legendary Red Auerbach to become NBA's all-time winningest coach with 939 career victories. So I don't know how many Lenny Wilkins ended up with. He's um, uh, second all-time. Who's number one? Is it? Don Nelson. Oh, interesting. You should ask you that. You get a birdie. Thanks. Back in 2014, the final BCS National Championship was played in the Rose Bowl in Pasadena. Can you name the uh, Florida outcome? State beat Auburn. Score. 34-31. Ooh, that's another birdie for you. Jameis threw to Kelvin Benjamin. Yes, sir. Where is Kelvin Benjamin now? He was with – no, he wasn't with the Colts. I was thinking with of that. the Bills, that, wasn't he? Last time I Yeah, knew. he signed like mid-season last year or traded mid-season. Forgot about him. He was with the Panthers. He's, I don't think he's anywhere now. Back two years ago today, Chucky returned to the NFL as Oakland Raiders head coach. <laughs> Beautiful. He's you know, only two games above 500 for his career. That's pretty bad. Mm-hmm. And they gave him, what, $100 million? Ten year, Ten, $100 million. $10 million a year. Yep. Do you know he was uh, broadcasting Monday Night Football from 2009 to 2017? I knew it was a while. Yeah. That'll do it for on this day. Not a whole lot happening on uh, January uh, 6th in the world. So um, you want to just get right into it? You want to talk a little college hoops? I don't want to, but we will. Josh does. (laughs) <laughs> Lead it off, J-Man. Um, so, as you can see, I'm happy today because my line For once. I, for once, seriously. <laughs> Purdue has won, had won 14-17 against Illinois in basketball coming into last night. Sure doesn't feel like it. Um, it sure does feel like it, let me tell you. Um, you guys lost a football game this year to them, too. So, maybe uh, maybe the tides are changing here. Uh, I like to like to see it i don't believe it but uh, it's nice to finally beat the boilers uh they got up what was it 11 nothing yeah and it was uh it felt like it was 105 to nothing i know they cut it down to nine at one point but that was about that was the in closest second half. they got yeah um, it really was this is kind of the illinois team i was expecting this year of course not winning by 26 uh but uh, they have a couple good wins michigan's a really good win at home and then purdue i think will end up being a good win no nope. um, at home tanner, no. tanner doesn't believe me uh, but they also have some bad losses to Missouri and Oregon. Uh, they are Oregon or Oregon. I was thinking, just they play Oregon all the time. They played Miami and lost to them. Oh, so I was gonna say, when did you play Oregon? Same, I was gonna say Oregon's not a bad loss. Kind kind of same color. Well, how was I thinking Oregon? Uh, I really don't know, Josh. I can't help you there. Kind of same colors. <laughs> Green. <laughs> but uh, they are uh, immensely better than last year. I mean, they won twelve games last year, and they're already up to ten. Um, it's mainly due to their defense. Right now, believe it or not, they have the Highest defensive efficiency through the first four games uh, in the conference so far. And they've had the hardest schedule out of anyone in the conference playing at Maryland, at Michigan, and then Michigan State, or at Michigan State, and then Michigan and Purdue at home. And it's mainly due to their uh, Brad Underwood's change in philosophy that he's not overly uh, happy with usually playing, but he kind of had to due to Would you personnel. rather play at Maryland or at Iowa? Because Michigan, I think, went at Iowa, at Michigan State. Michigan won at home against Iowa. Oh, did they? Yeah. Okay. Um, I would. Never mind. I think about at Maryland. I think Maryland. I will not argue with the point <laughs> you made then. But uh, they've kind of had to change their defense. I mean, you know, last year and the year before, they were that pressure, forty minutes of hell defense, pretty much, where they were just all in your face all game long. That didn't work because they didn't have the athletes to do it. Uh, they were would force 
a bunch of turnovers, but teams would shoot just an absurd number uh, percentage from the floor, and they, they just couldn't get stops consistently. They've gone to more of a traditional pack line defense. That's mainly due to Kofi Coburn because he's not the quickest guy out there and can't really guard out uh, past the three-point line. He um, Just having him and Georgie on the floor, they've had to go to this more traditional pack line, and it's worked wonders so far. As I said, they're the fourth – or they're the best – Defense efficiency in the conference right now through uh, the first four games. Uh, they're playing really good defense, and hopefully it can keep up. Uh, Alan Griffin, last night, uh, you you asked me, I think on Friday, you said, who's this Alan guy? Because you'd never really heard of him. And uh, I think you know now. Had uh, 16 points. I turned the game off with like 100 <laughs> minutes left. So 16 Six points, left. 12 rebounds last night. He had 19 points and 9 rebounds against Michigan State. He was a guy that was kind of unheralded. Uh, out of high school, uh, Illinois offered him in the summer going into his senior year, but kind of kept tabs on him throughout the year. Finally went uh, all out for him in, I think, February. Didn't have many great offers, but he committed to Illinois. And then I think Xavier and Seton Hall came in with an offer later. But he didn't see the floor a ton his freshman year, but uh, all throughout the offseason, summer, into that Italy trip in August and into the fall. Uh, his teammates and coaches were raving about him. It didn't really translate on the court until uh, about five or six games ago, but he has been arguably their second or third best player in that stretch, averaging 15 points a game and I think six rebounds. He's uh, known as a really good shooter, but he just he played harder than anyone last night. He was getting offensive rebounds, putbacks. He was just playing harder than anyone, and those are the kind of guys you build your program with. Io DeSumo didn't shoot the ball well last night, but that's mainly due to Nojel Eastern's defense. He is one of the best. The only reason he ever sees the court ever. Perimeter defense. defender in maybe the country. He's um, pretty good at defense. But Io has affected the uh, game in other ways. He had defended really well, has been one of the better defenders on their roster this year, and he's rebounded well. He had seven rebounds last night, averaging six rebounds a game and close to 16 points per game over his last six. Turned the ball over less. Um, he's playing well. Trent Frazier hasn't uh, shot the ball well. He kind of lost his swagger a little bit. I mean, his freshman year, he just would go off for 30. Even last year, he did that. But this year, he's been mainly focused on defense. And as of right now, I would think he would be a All-Big Ten defender. I mean, you look at the guys he shut down. He shut down Anthony Cowan besides that uh, 40, 40-footer to tie the game out there. He shut down Xavier Simpson, shut down Mark Smith. I mean, Cassius Winston got his own because Cassius Winston's the best player in the conference. But then really held Sasha Stefanovic in check. I mean, he was third in the Big Ten. It's not hard to do away from Mackey. Three-point shooting this year percentage means 40, 45%, sure. But uh, he had really no open looks. The only open looks he got were off offensive rebounds. Um, he just shadowed them all game. he got some good looks. You thought so? I thought the team got some good um, looks. They just do what they do away from Aggie. Can't make jack crap. I uh, disagree with Tanner. I thought Illinois' defense was superb last night. And sure, they might have missed and some. like eight layups. Well, that's just having and up Co- around the rim. Kofi Coburn out there. Uh, I mean, I, I, I so will Purdue say. Purdue is the worst two-point shooting team I've ever seen this whole year. <laughs> they are. Well, you have seven foot three Mount Harms, but sometimes I mean he had what twenty six against Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Then he bounces back and just it's away from Mackey. He plays small at times. I mean Kofi took it right the whole at team was soft. Took him right at him. Uh, Travion Williams, I think, had ended up with six points. He didn't play two fouls real great. fast. That takes um, him out of his game. So uh, Illinois really needs Georgie Bashanishvili to uh, step up. He just hasn't been good this year. It's uh, been a struggle having him and Kofi on the court at the same time. You're going to have to do it, but at 
times you might need to start staggering some playing time. Uh, Georgia just hasn't looked comfortable at the four. I mean, they had some nice high-low moments uh, in the non-conference against low majors, but now that uh, coaches are getting better, scouting reports are getting better, players are getting better, it's been a struggle in high major games. Um, Still believe in Georgie, of course, but he's getting a little frustrated. I mean, last night he knocked down a huge three, which hopefully was huge for his confidence. Uh, And once again, he got two fouls within the first eight minutes and didn't play rest of the first half. So um, Illinois had the toughest schedule in the Big Ten to date, and now they have another tough one at Wisconsin. I think yeah, they Wisconsin are get at home. 26th in the net rating right now, which that means nothing here January 6th. Um, but this is not your grandfather's Wisconsin team. Actually, our grandfather's Wisconsin team was terrible. It's not, it's not our father's. Even our father's Wisconsin terrible. team was terrible. Our lifetime, yeah, they've been it's, good. It's not a typical Wisconsin team. <laughs> it did. Um, Illinois has not won there since 2010, have only won there four times since 91. They have not beaten Wisconsin at all since Bruce Weber was the coach. I think it was maybe that game in 2010. They're coming off a big win at Ohio uh, coming State. Coming off a big win at Ohio State. I'm actually fairly confident going in because I just think this is the year they have to get it done. Um, it'll be an interesting I'm matchup. I'm never confident down the road in the Big Ten. Nobody should. Nice. No. I mean, only, what, three road wins so far um, in the conference? Sounds right. Uh, it's just it's brutal, four, and then no. they play a very good Rutgers team at home next Sunday. No, there's who's, uh, not a lot of gimme games, really. This is as deep um, of a conference I think Big Ten's ever had. Really, there's only two teams I would say that you feel good about getting a win against, and one of them Purdue <laughs> lost to um, at no. Nebraska. So, yep. It's if if you guys were to play at Nebraska, say in February, I think you'd get them. I don't know. It's, it's gonna be, we're going to see what happens. Purdue's got three tough games coming up at Michigan Thursday, then at home Sunday on national television, CBS against Michigan State, and then then next Saturday at Maryland. Uh, if they could get one of those three, I'd be elated. All I want to do, including the Illinois game, was split two and two, and I would have been happy. Didn't get that done. I didn't feel good going into that game yesterday. I didn't think they'd lose by 27 and only scored 37 points, which was the uh, worst in the last 50 years on the road. Um, Shot 24, 25% from the floor. Or actually, the, with 37 points, it was, that was the lowest scoring by a Purdue team since a 42-33 loss to Loyola Chicago on January 3rd, 1949. They went to the Final Four uh, 2018, so... It was the lowest in the Big Ten game since 46-36 loss to Michigan at home on February 23rd, 1948. Um, it was the worst in the last 50 years on the road was 40 at Iowa and a 22-point loss on January 7th, 1982. And uh, they lost 40-39 at home against Northwestern on February 11th, 2004. But historically bad performance, 25%. Shooting from the field, like I said, I turned it off early. Second time this year I've done that already. That's more than any other Purdue basketball season. I think in my lifetime I've probably done that. Um, just don't see how this team's going to make the tournament. I mean, they got opportunities to bounce back playing in a tough Big Ten conference, but I think they are what they are at this point. Just not a good offensive team and a pretty good defensive team, but when you can't make shots and the other team gets out in transition, it's hard to stop the other team. And when you're not getting defensive rebounds and letting the other team just dominate the offensive re- class, it's tough. And it's just frustrating coming off a year, which you made Elite Eight. You were an eyelash away from making the Final Four. You got some national exposure and some attention. You had good momentum going with recruiting classes. And then you kind of so far have a season like this. And a lot of people, of course, didn't project them to win the Big Ten or anything, but they were ranked to start the year. And 
a lot of people have them in the top four of the Big Ten, and it's just not going that way. They need somebody to step up, and I don't know who that's going to be. It seems like this Purdue team, once they miss a few in a row, they it just kind of gets in their own head, and it's almost game over. I don't think they're a mentally tough team. I think they're soft physically. When Illinois got physically tough with them, they kind of backed down last night. They were relying on a lot of sophomores to get it done, and they just aren't mature enough and skilled enough to do it right now. They only have two seniors on this team. One's a junior college transfer. One's a grad transfer. The two juniors aren't really coming through. No, Jell's good on defense, but he's arguably the worst offensive player in the country. And Matt Harms is up and down, like you said. One day game he might go for 26, next game goes for six. Um, yeah, I just I don't know. It's it's just hard to put a finger on what's wrong. I mean, you look at this team, and a lot of these guys were big contributors in January and February last year, but also along with Ryan Klein and Grady Eifert, who aren't on the team, when Carson Edwards was struggling. Carson really struggled uh, for a while in Big Ten play, and Purdue found ways to win games and ultimately win the conference championship or tie for the conference championship. But... A lot of basketball left to be played, but at this point, I'm just ready for the season to be over. Because I just have not enjoyed watching them play. You haven't really watched much college basketball it's outside of taking my enjoyment out of it. I hate to say. Well, I'm with you. It was that way for me. It still kind of is. I still don't really enjoy watching. But that speaking much, of but. it, I mean, what's your thoughts on the Big Ten right now? We kind of hit on how it's a tough conference and nobody can win on the road. But I mean, what's your evaluation on teams so far? Michigan State struggled early. I mean, they lost to – did they lose to Kentucky? I know they lost to Duke. Oh, the opening – Yeah, I want to say that was Kentucky. Yeah. They lost to Duke at home. Um, who else they lose to? They have at least – I'll look it up. Three or four losses. Uh, but they, um, I think, are about to get rolling and will be in that one-seed conversation by the time the season ends. Um, their role players are stepping up. Marcus Bingham, guys like him. Uh, Xavier Tillman's been great. Um, Kyle Lawrence has been good as well. So they're rolling. Uh, Michigan started to struggle a little bit, which we kind of predicted. Uh, they had that great week in, a, in the Bahamas where they beat uh, North Carolina, who's turned out to be Lost not very good. Kentucky, Virginia Tech, and Virginia Tech Duke. and the Maui. I forgot about those the, the, the Bob Tech one. Um, so they lost those three pretty early and even fell down the rankings. But as I said, I think when uh, the time comes, they'll be on that one seed or two seeded line. They're a really good team. Cassius Winston's the best player in they the almost, conference. They almost almost lost a seed in Hall game to beat him at three. Yeah, they did, and that, of course that, that was early as well. Yep. That was the third games, game of the year. Um, yep. So they're uh, they've started to click, and uh, they're a good team. Michigan, I think, is a good team as well. Um, I don't think they're as good as whatever they're ranked now. I'm not. They sure They were 12th coming in today, but I'm sure they fell. I mean, they have four losses now. Michigan State took them, took it to them yesterday. Yeah, Michigan State's up to eighth now, according to my phone. Michigan's down to nineteenth. Maryland uh, was winning games. They're twelfth uh, ranked right now, but they had uh, some struggle moments, just scoring the ball. But it feels like they're playing better. They're now, athletic, they, but they killed Indiana on Saturday. They yeah. got up 20, bad matchup for twenty nine at one point. Uh, they're really tough at home. They don't lose many home games. Will they lose? Tomorrow at home against number 11, Ohio State. I am going to say no. Speaking of Ohio State, uh, they, as you said, had a loss at home to Wisconsin. 11-3 now. Uh, that's not a great loss either. I mean, they had a win against Kentucky just a few weeks ago. They've only played two road games. They're 1-1 one one on the road. Man, and and <laughs> Maryland's 9-0 at home. That modest scheduling must have stuck around because he would never play tough schedules, um, never schedule road games, which not many people do in the non-con, I guess. Uh, but I believe they're a good team. They're still really young as well. Yeah. There's there's two other intriguing ma- or one other intriguing matchup in the Big Ten tomorrow. It's number twenty tw- number twenty, Penn State at Rutgers. 
Speaking of Penn State, they had a good win um, at the Palestra against Iowa. I think Penn State's 100% for real. Now, uh, with Iowa, with Jordan Bohan being out, I think I could see them falling off to the wayside. You got Penn State is one and one on the road this year, but uh, Rutgers is ten and zero in the rack. And I am, but they are playing without Geo Baker now for a little while. How long is he going to be out? Do we know? Uh, it's a thumb or, or hand injury. So I, I was bullish on this uh, Rutgers team coming into the year. I've really been bullish on them since Steve Peichel was hired. I think he's a heck of a ball coach there when he was at Stony Brook, and I thought he turned them into a solid, scary team to go on the road and face. And he has a uh, Turn them into that, and I think they get a win against Penn State. I'll take uh, Maryland in the first game, the Ohio State-Maryland game, and I'm going to take Penn, Penn State on the road against Rutgers. I think they got they got by uh, Nebraska, I think it was the other day, without Geo, but Penn State's a little better than Nebraska. I think Ohio State loses twice this week. Well, that answers the one later on. Um, Iowa 10-4 at 6-8 and eight, Nebraska tomorrow. I think Iowa gets it done. Uh, Nebraska is just not very good. Uh, that was really still a puzzling loss to me for Purdue, even though they just played bad. And even though I know they've had road struggles, and you don't feel good about them right can't now, can't put I still the can't ball in the hole. And it was another game like that. And, and Nebraska shot pretty well that game. Mm-hmm. It was just. But remember, two days before that, Nebraska played really well at Indiana, and so maybe yes. they kind of carried that yeah. mojo over a little bit. So well, that's what you know. Disappointment about Purdue yesterday was. They actually showed heart and grit and toughness Thursday night in a double overtime win against Minnesota. Then they turned around Sunday, and it didn't even look like they wanted to be right. there. Got punched but in the mouth early, and it was almost game should over. Should have known from Harm's air ball. Yeah, right, first, first shot of the game was going to be a long game, night, yeah. and it was it was over five minutes into the game. But 5-8 and eight Northwestern heads to 11-3 and three Indiana Wednesday night. Indiana, large. Yeah, if they don't win that one, then there's reason to panic. Mm-hmm. Bloomington, if they lose that one at home, and your line I are at the Cole Center, ten and five against nine and five on Wednesday night. Maybe it's just because I'm feeling good, but I'm picking the line I to finally break that streak. I don't know if it'll actually happen, but uh, feel pretty good right now. Going with the home team, and we just—it's uh, kind of we're beating on a. I don't know. We're just we just. I don't know what the, the comparison I'm trying to say. Uh, Broken record. Sound that oh. sound like a broken record. Just picking the home team. Um, yeah, picking the home team because it's so hard to win on the road in right. Big Ten. So, and then uh, Purdue at Michigan Thursday, uh, nine and six against ten and four. Give me the home team easily. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm not looking forward to that one at all. Really trying to get myself in the right mind to even want to watch the game. I'm having troubles. I, I don't know. It's easier to watch college basketball when you know your team's bad. That's such a coming bad into, feeling. Coming into the year like I knew Illinois is bad the past two years. It's a terrible feeling. Last year you had your watch. hopes up. I had my bad. hopes up, and then I realized, eh, this team's pretty dang young. Starting three freshmen, and it didn't turn out good. But. And you got Minnesota 8-6 and six, traveling to East Lansing to take on the 12-3 and three Spartans Thursday night. This Minnesota team's a lot better than 8-6. However, Michigan State – might end up being the best team in the country at the end of the year. Yeah, I hate to say it, but yeah, I'm taking Michigan State, and then Friday night we got Maryland at Iowa. Man, Iowa without Bohannon, they're still a solid team. I don't know if they're a team. Maryland's zero and two on the road this year. Um, but give me Maryland. Uh, they've played better um, of late, so uh, give me the, sticking give with me the, the home. Terps. I'm sticking with the home team again. I'm branch out, man. Nah. Maybe I will here. 11 Ohio State at Indiana on Saturday. Oh, you definitely will. Uh, I think Indiana wins. 
I'll, br- I'll branch out for once and say road <laughs> team wins here. At home, um, Ohio State needs it because uh, they could yeah. fall to. Yeah, that's that's big if you lose them both and fall to. Four, I yeah. think, in the conference. So. Rutgers at Illinois on Saturday. Uh, give me the home team. Hopefully they can continue playing at home like they have. Really outside of the first half against Miami, they've been really good at home. So they can, I think uh, I think Illinois gets that. that done. Wisconsin at Penn State. Give me Penn State. I agree. And then a barn burner, Nebraska at Northwestern. I think Northwestern gets their one and only Big Ten win. I'll agree with right that. Right here. That's the only road game I think Purdue might might win. They have eight win. left. Will win. And they one. might win that one. <laughs> uh, Michigan State at Purdue on Sunday. Oh, man. The magic of Mackey against a you, – you didn't think they had a prayer against Virginia. Of course, Michigan State's a lot better than Virginia. Uh, I knew that me, crowd was going to be amped up. I think the crowd will still be they'll amped They'll be up amped. Um, this is the Purdue's second least favorite team, Purdue fans. But give me Sparty. They're really freaking good. I agree. And then uh, Michigan at Minnesota Sunday night. Give me Minnesota. Minnesota's really good point guard, Marcus Carr. Two really good so- – I think he's a sophomore as well. Two other yeah, really he's a stud. Good he's sophomores. A Pittsburgh transfer. Yeah, Gabe Kalisher and uh, Dan Orturo. Um, I, yep. I hope his name was Dan. I don't know, Daniel Orturo. Mm-hmm. Um, he's really good as well. I haven't watched them once this year. I, I watched, watched them when they one. played Purdue. Actually, I take that back. I watched them play Oklahoma. It's your typical uh, physical mm-hmm. Minnesota team. Rich Pertino's built a pretty good program there. Yep. Uh, Notre Dame's on the road at NC State on Wednesday, and then they return to face Louisville at home on Saturday. I think they well, Louisville had a bad home, not a bad home well, loss. Home loss to Florida State. Really, any home loss is bad. But um, I mean, Notre Dame's ten State's and four, and I'm, I'm and I'm not saying they're going to be in the they tournament. Had a, but. They had a nice win at Syracuse yeah. on uh, Saturday. Uh, I, I know nothing about NC State. I don't no, either. So don't even want to comment on that game. I'll say they split. That's fair. That's that's a that's a quality cop out. Yep. Better <laughs> believe it. In the sixth ranked, yeah, sixth. Ranked Butler Bulldogs, highest ranking school history. They play once this week. They're on the road Friday night at Providence. Uh, one of our good friends and Butler grad, I'm not going to say his name, uh, he told us all off season that uh, Butler was not going to be a good team at all. Yeah, here they are, ranked sixth in the country. So yeah. shame on you. Uh, Butler does what Butler does. They win a lot of ugly games, a lot of close games. They just find ways to tough it out. Give me Providence, though. Uh, I I'm, wanted, st- I'm I'm starting to pick against Butler. They about yeah, you, you tick off all Bulldog Nation, <laughs> but they about blew that one to St. John's on the road mm-hmm. last week. They were up big too. Um, but I will take Butler, but I think it's a close one. Big East beats up on each other, and this isn't a Big East conference that is as good as years past. You think so? Because I, I heard guys talking on Fox Sports One last night. Of course, Big East and Fox Sports One like are hand in hand. They're with partners. Um, they were saying. This Big East team is the deepest they've ever seen, and you could play the worst team. You could be the best team in the conference, play the worst team in the conference at uh, home. Uh, maybe teams. I shouldn't have made that statement having not watched too much college <laughs> basketball this year, but uh, just with my eyeballs, I don't know. I don't think any team's a Final Four-worthy caliber team. Well, the uh, Associated Press obviously thinks Butler sure, is. Sure, but I, I think they're a very good team, but I, don't, I think they're a ceiling Sweet 16 team. Yeah. But right, right now, if I had to go out and make a bold prediction, they will be the only team from Indiana playing in the NCAA tournament. Bucket? No. 
But I, I, I really don't know much about the Big East. I know Villanova's obviously always very good. Well, Marquette's so. actually Marquette's had a pretty good well. year. They had a good. DePaul's been surprised. They've kind of woken up, awakened. They just lost two conference games. That's DePaul, though, one at home to a media. That's problem. what a lot of these Big East teams are doing. They beat up on a lot of easy teams in the non-conference, mm-hmm. and then they'll beat up on each other during conference. So we'll see. We'll see. But I like – it's the halfway point in college basketball right now, and I don't know who the player of the year is. It could be Marcus Howard, I guess, from Marquette, averaging 26 per game. In the country. In the country. In the Big Ten, I think it's Luka Garza right now. Give me Cassius Winston over Luka. He's going to win it again. Luke, I'm going to take Luka right now. Luka's putting up insane numbers, yeah. but uh, Cassius is it's annoying. by far the uh, – yeah, it might end up being Cassius Winston player of the year in college basketball. We'll see. Um, I don't – I gotta be honest. I haven't watched any really good teams this year. Don't know. I haven't watched Duke really once. Um, they don't have any like standout guys like they did last. Last year was just they have insane. a lot of studs, of course. But last year was just insane with um, the guy. The guy who's in Zion Williamson, New Orleans, <laughs> and, and, and the, Barrett, and um, they had yeah. one other guy as well. Um, but man, that's a good question. We're gonna have to I revisit this in a yeah, few. Yeah, I weeks. don't know. I just haven't watched enough either. But. Marcus Howard's averaging 26 per game for a team that's only lost two or three games, so he could be right up there. Pretty good. But He's a good scorer. Any other thoughts on college basketball before we switch gears? And I want to talk some football, man. Yeah, I would love to talk football, get off this college basketball topic. <laughs> Spent a half hour talking college basketball. Yeah, that's you. you just loved it. Plenty. For, yeah, we got to give, give the viewers and listeners what they want a little that's bit. That's what uh, we're going to be winding down to here. It's one of our topics. A couple we, we, weeks. We, we pride ourselves in NFL, Big Ten, and MLB. Mm. You, MLB, I just kind of ride your coattails, but I'm going to yes. have to study up a lot this year to try to know what I'm talking about a little bit. Speaking of MLB, there are only three teams in baseball that have not signed a major league guaranteed contract this offseason. Can you name those three teams? No. Chicago Cubs, Pittsburgh Pirates, Colorado Rockies. I had a feeling the Rockies were going to be in there somewhere just because That's usually right. you wouldn't even ask me if I knew who they were. Um, I wasn't even I was just thinking I yeah. wasn't even thinking Rockies. I forgot you're a Rockies fan. No, I'm not. The, uh, They're my NL team, but I'm not a fan. Moment, uh, so that's They're terrible, awful. terrible company for the Cubs but, to be in, but here we are. Look at the other Chicago team making some moves. They are uh, making some moves. Uh, who have who have they signed there, T Dog? Gio Gonzalez. Uh, Dallas Keuchel. Dallas Keuchel. Uh, they traded for Nomar Mazzara. Yeah, I'm gonna let you take um, over now. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna. Ha- I'm honestly gonna have to look it up. I don't remember. They signed all, a big. All bat. I know is they're about ten to one odds to win it all now in Vegas. Uh, they're and a, you're talking about a team who hasn't had a winning season in seven straight years, hasn't made the playoffs in over a decade. They're a good ball. They're a good ball. Well, at club. least they're trying. They're going all in. See yeah, what happens. something uh, the uh, greedy Ricketts uh, will not do. Uh, Ricketts did so much for the franchise, doing all the renovations and all that. But now this these past two two off-season, years in a row, you've said they gotta make big they moves. Have to. Um, not the crickets. And it's on the it's on the Ricketts. Theo did not have crickets, a good Ricketts. 2017 uh, <laughs> off season, um, and I don't know if Ricketts are punishing them for it. Uh, it's almost like the Ricketts said, "Man, we won a World Series. What else do you want from us?" Which just annoys yeah. the crap yeah. out of me. Yeah, because uh, I want them to be good every year. Well, sure. And if they were That's to well, enter, as you should with a fan being a fan. The season with this roster, this team would finish fourth in the Central. Yeah, I know you've said that quite a bit so um, far this off season. So. It's despicable. Yeah. Well, we got uh, we got a few months. Spring training does start starting a month. Yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> Four weeks, I think. Five weeks, maybe. Surprised you don't have the countdown on. 
I'm dreading it. Just dreading Last it. Last year was about the most excited you've been for a season in a long time. 2018 was the most Two years excited ago, okay. um, I've okay. been. And then last year, they didn't do anything, but I still thought, you know, this team's capable of winning it. Then they showed they were not capable of winning it. And uh, I have never looked forward to a season less Heck, you might, you might be looking right forward to the Miami Dolphins season the most out of any of you. I am looking forward <laughs> to the <laughs> off season, the NFL off season, <laughs> yeah. and um, oh. draft. Which huge draft news today? Tua Tagovailoa entered the draft after uh, there was speculation over the weekend that he was uh, going to stay in school. Yeah, I have a hunch you're going to need to practice perfecting that name because you're probably going to say Tua Tagovailoa. Tua Tagovailoa. You're probably going to say it quite a few times on the podcast going forward. Hopefully, uh, they're picking fifth. They're kind of in a tough spot because you have a team right behind them in the Chargers who have been rumored to potentially trade up for that spot. I don't want the Dolphins to trade up and uh, trade one of their first-round picks. But I saw today they've only drafted six quarterbacks, only six quarterbacks since Marino retired. Drafted six. I believe that. I favorited it. Uh, do you want to take a, a gander on who uh, they might be? Oh, my goodness. Well, obviously, Ryan Tannehill, I'll give you that one. I was even trying to think him. I probably wouldn't have got him. I don't know if I can get any other ones right. Uh, we have uh, Brandon Dowdy back. Uh, From West Kentucky. Western Kentucky, seventh round a few years ago. Um, Tannehill. Pat White was a second West round Virginia. pick. West Virginia. Chad Henney was a second Michigan, round pick. Michigan, I should have got that one. John Beck was a second round pick. BYU. See, BYU. Josh Heupel in the sixth round. Oklahoma. Uh, Oklahoma. Those Runner up for the Heisman. Only six quarterbacks that's pretty crazy i take it back cubs i just saw on my twitter might have just signed a guy to a major league deal um <laughs> carlos aswahe nope minor league deal doesn't count <laughs> doesn't count <laughs> all right up <laughs> uh yeah let's talk a little football um what a wild wild card weekend wild and wacky it was uh, unbelievable four really good games you have the Buffalo Bills doing what the Buffalo Bills do, and that is uh, choke in the playoffs. Got the fans jumping off uh, vehicles onto tables, missing tables, breaking their necks. <laughs> Got up 16 nothing. Had a great first drive with the John Brown touchdown pass to uh, Josh Allen, and then kicked three field goals, couldn't punch it in. Had many opportunities to put that ball game away and just refused to do it. Uh, Allen had some of the most mind-numbingly dumb his fourth quarter is one of the dumbest <laughs> quarters I've ever seen a quarterback quarter. play. I know he was, he was just trying to make plays. He was but trying to do too much. Yeah, like that lateral. That could have been disaster. <laughs> yeah, and he did it for no reason. There was like a minute 20 left. And I don't think he knew how much time. I think he saw that guy right there next mm-hmm. to him. He could make a play. He just threw it over his head. Oh. Uh, but credit to uh, the Houston Texans. Yeah. I mean, Deshaun Watson got sacked seven times. He made a play when it really needed it, though, got out of an eighth sack. Um, that will – Go on his a career highlight reel when it's all said and done, especially if they can find a way to win this week. They won at Arrowhead early in the season. So so that was a good game. The evil empire in uh, the NFL is they're done. They are dead in the water. I proclaimed it back when they lost to Baltimore. I said, maybe this thing is legitimately starting to slip. And you said, don't say that. <sighs> but then they lose to. Uh, I uh, still didn't believe it was over till zero 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 on the clock. To the, the Chiefs, night. they lost. Um, who else did they lose to besides the Chiefs and Ravens? They lost at home to the Dolphins. Uh, there was one more in there. Really, they lost at Houston. They lost at Houston on that. Uh, I There's think it was four. a Sunday night. There's their four. Um, three of those teams are really good. 
um, and one was not. But it just felt like this was the year Tom Brady and Tom really missed Rob Gronkowski. That offense was horrendous. He really only had one or two weapons he could truly rely on to throw to, and that was Julian Edelman and James White. Um, their offensive line wasn't great. Uh, Sonny Michelle had a decent year running the ball, but uh, they just weren't the same um, New England Patriots team as they have been in the past. So that defense was good, but still they gave up too many plays late in the season. Um, so Tom Brady is a free agent. Is he with the New England Patriots next year? Well, I'm year? glad you brought that up because that's why I've been on my phone. I uh, ran a poll on the Tana J-Man show uh, the other night. You still got about a, all week. You can vote for it on Facebook, so go to our Facebook page, the Tana J-Man show, and vote on it. You, I had two options, retired slash new team or back on the Patriots next year. So far, retired slash new team is leading 19 to 12. But Twitter, I had more options on Twitter, and that was on my personal one. But I retweeted it with the Tana J Man Show account. Uh, let's see here. I said, so where is Tom Brady playing next year? Retired, Patriots, Chargers, or Colts? 24 votes, 50%. So 12 votes are saying Patriots. Chargers are second with 21%. Retired at 17%. And Colts, 12%. I think he is back playing. I just don't see any way he retires. But I don't think it's for the Patriots next year. I think he's a Charger. I'm with you. Uh, maybe not as a Charger, but uh, I think he's 100% going to play next year. I just can't see him not, especially after the way this year. His options will be limited where um, he can go play. Sure. Um, it's kind of one of those, I'll believe it when I see yeah, it, sure. that he's not with New England. It wouldn't shock me for him to resign with New England and sure. then to go out and get one or two wide receivers to help him out. And mm-hmm. then maybe the dynasty's not dead. I sure hope. I sure hope. You know? Um, as for the other teams he could play with, there's not – Really a team I think he would step in and make them an immediate Super Bowl contender. I, I would honestly, at this stage in his career, take Jacoby Brissett over him. Oh, I don't Br- know. Brissett's younger. Uh, that's yeah. one thing he has going for him. Um, I feel like Brady just get him in the right situations with a good offensive line. But He thought that this year, too, and he couldn't do it. Uh, the Chargers have a better roster than the Colts do, and yeah. maybe. Um, and he's probably a better version – of himself than Philip Rivers is right now. A uh, New England beat writer actually mentioned the Dolphins as a possibility. Um, it would be interesting if they were to draft a Tua Tonga-Valoa and then maybe sign of Tom Brady, but they have Ryan Fitzpatrick there. And I even said, I don't remember if I said it on the show last week or off the air, um, that right now I would have taken Ryan Fitzpatrick heading into the playoffs over Tom Set Brady. off the air. Set it off the air. Uh, the way Fitzpatrick played at the end of the year and uh, with the way Tom Brady looked, he did not look like he was having fun the other no, night. No, he never looks like he's having fun. But I mean, that's a good yeah, point. Yeah, but no, but. you're right. Um, yeah, no, but going back to Dicey, yeah, Brady doesn't return. I think McDaniels might finally, if he gets offered a position, he might finally jump and take a head coaching job. I think he's gone regardless. Even if, even if he doesn't get a head coaching position, I just think it's time for uh, – Oh, McDaniels to move on. And probably time for Belichick to move on from McDaniels It's as well. interesting if McDaniels can do anything outside of New England because his year and a half in Denver was not good, and then he took the Colts job two years ago only to walk away from it before it ever began. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting. No other team – he hasn't been with any other team really. So fits that culture well because he's a little slime ball. <laughs> but and the NFL supposedly dropping the hammer on them within the next two weeks. Yeah, slap the- on the wrist. Spygate um, issue again. But it is a great, I mean, great win for the Titans. Mm-hmm. Derrick Henry yeah. was a beast. Tannehill tried to give him the game a couple times. 
He did uh, what Tannehill usually does in big moments. But he, he he did make a huge throw on third down that essentially ended the thing. It's incredible that this is the first AFC championship that won't have Roethlisberger, Manning, or Brady in it since long time. Wasn't it? Who did the Raiders beat in the AFC championship? I don't know. <laughs> Back in 02. 2003. Playoffs, 2003. I don't know. Man. Yeah, that might have been the last time. A long time ago. That that was the last time. I'm looking at my board over here. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that was the last time in the AFC Championship. Hmm. Wow. Now we have the new age now quarterbacks. I got to go. go look that up. Man. At least three new age quarterbacks of the younger generation. Patty Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, and uh, Deshaun Watson, three of the best young quarterbacks in football. Add in a uh, veteran, Ryan Tannehill now, and uh, makes for a pretty good uh, divisional round. Yeah, um, I'm rooting for anybody except the Chiefs. I'm rooting the Raiders for over the Titans. Chiefs, just the Raiders over the Titans. By the way, back in the day. So. Huh. Yep. It's nice to get some new blood in there, and I know you don't like the Chiefs. And Ravens won one back in 2000. Oh, I'm going to be a huge Texan fan on Sunday. Huge. Um, I don't see the Titans have any way. <laughs> to, I could uh, see one of the two teams going down this week. Absolutely. Chiefs or uh, Ravens. I'm 100% in agreement with Will you. Will I pick that when we pick games in here in a second? Probably not, but. Um, I definitely won't, I'll tell you that. Saints. Uh, laid an egg, laid an man. Egg. Breeze played the worst game he'd played all year. Saints really played the worst game they played all year. First game, they had multiple turnovers all year. They only had eight turnovers coming into the playoffs. Wow. Lowest of all time. Man. And uh, You had a guy in Taysom Hill who threw one pass, and he outplayed Drew Brees. Uh, Kirk Cousins. Yeah, finally. I don't think they want him to be the future quarterback, though. He's not. No, Taysom Hill's not. He's just a uh, great dynamic uh, player. Yeah. Maybe the most versatile player I've ever seen. I mean, he's recovering. But, uh, he's covering kicks, punts. Yep. Catching the ball out of the backfield, running it, throwing it, does it all. But uh, Vikings, Cousins finally won a big game. Finally won a big game. Made he, a huge play when he needed it. Mm-hmm. That was a heck of a throw. Great catch by Thielen Looked as like well. a center fielder tracking he, yeah, the ball. He, he looked like Willie Mays out there. And then you know. can, you know, get an argument all day long if it was a push off or not. But really what I want to focus is on focus on is what's it going to take for the NFL to switch it to college-style rules? Of pass interference? No, of uh, overtime. Oh, overtime. Um I can't imagine they'd put the ball at the 25 yards. No, you can't because that, that would go on forever. For some reason, I was under the uh, impression that after the Patriots and Chiefs game last year when the Patriots went down changed. scored a touchdown, Mahomes didn't get a chance to go down time. For some reason, I was thinking that they implemented a rule that team could go down and try yeah. to do that. Um, I think they should, especially maybe not in the regular season. Okay, that's fine um, because there would just be more ties that way, I imagine. But definitely in the postseason, you need to let a team go down and at least have a chance yeah i'm fine with having like postseason only rules because if you remember back when the broncos beat the steelers on the first play in overtime tebow to uh mm-hmm. demaris thomas that was the first game ever that they impl- implemented the if the other team kicks a field goal the other team gets the ball oh it was okay. that regular season was still if the mm-hmm. other team kicks field goal you lose sudden death yeah. so that they they changed that in that playoff and then they finally changed it in the regular season a few years ago too which which i'm cool with that because losing on a field goal without getting a chance is right. really frustrating but especially if you like if it's a 50 plus yard field goal i mean your defense did its job just but i thought the saints the saints hurt themselves in the fourth Mm -hmm. quarter uh they didn't play well horrible clock management at the end of the game kamara huge mistake 
Right. Even though they made the field goal to tie it anyways. But then they, I thought they should have took the time, taken the timeout with 21 seconds left and saved a 10-second runoff. Mm-hmm. But I also understand if they didn't or they did take timeout and then you throw a quick pass and you get tackled inbounds, then you got to rush your kick team on the field. You might rush your kicker and you might miss. Mm-hmm. So I get that. But right when the Vikings won the whole coin toss, I said, ah, Vikings are probably going to win this thing. Yep. That's what they did. Then uh, the crazy, Eagles. Sorry. Oh, uh, it's crazy to think. That Drew Brees, much like Dan Marino, great quarterbacks only played in one Super Bowl. The difference is Drew won his, the Saints, Dolphins didn't. But I would say right now, I mean, I don't know how much longer Drew plays. He's a free agent, um, which I think he'll be back with I the think Saints he'll be back. for at least for one more year, maybe two. I'd say one more year. Right now, I'm saying he's he's not going to make another Super Bowl. They've had. I'll even say he and Sean Payton of the era have underachieved. I agree. Peyton about got fired yeah. a few years ago. They had multiple. They've uh, put up great stats. Losing seasons. They've won tons of games, but they've only made one Super Bowl. I know they won it, but they've only made one. They should have made more than that. Definitely last year. Which definitely last year. Some tough luck. I get it. The uh-huh. pass interference last year. The year before was the uh, uh, M- Minneapolis miracle with Case Keenum. But I get it. There has been some bad luck, but the Saints team is just too good. Do you think that Saints team two years ago goes into Philadelphia and wins and goes to the Super Bowl? Because I believe Philadelphia got the one seed that year. Yeah, um, it would. they did it earlier in their careers when uh, Drew and Reggie Bush went into Philly and won. Um, I don't know. That's a good question. But I never count the Saints. I always think the Saints have a good chance to win because their offense is usually that good. But, hey, credit to the Vikings. I said last week they'd get killed. And they won. So their offense didn't turn the ball over this year, but it just did not feel like the same dynamic Saints offense. Of course, Drew Brees missed six games, yep. uh, but their, this defense was a lot better than it had sure. been in years past. And I thought this team was set up very well to win a Super Bowl. And I just can't believe they lost at home. Lose at home because they don't lose home games. Uh, and their defense couldn't get that stop mm-hmm. when it needed it to yesterday. They did in regulation, but they couldn't do it in overtime. Right. So. Uh, Seattle and um, Philadelphia. Philadelphia. Carson Wentz gets hurt with about Imagine that. three minutes left. I know in it was the fluky, though. First quarters, cheap shot uh, by Jadavian Clowney, but that ended all hope. Yep. Uh, Josh McCown did the best he could, honestly. He's, he's a kid out off. there. He, play, um, he left everything on the field. Yeah, you. I respect the heck out of that guy. You're, you're, as quarterback. you're uh, you know, depending on a 40 year old quarterback who's never played in the playoffs to come in and get you a win. He was very emotional after yeah. the game. Uh, sure, just thanking his whole family for letting him be sure. in that spot, and uh, very appreciative. And uh, he gave all he had. Just but hope just, those fans appreciate him because that's a tough fan oh, base. It's a brutal. They're fan They're usually base. really um, rude and mean. So yeah. So, but it was, uh, low scoring game, sixteen to nine. All of them were pretty low scoring. But that was a game I thought you know a game kind of like I envisioned it, and I thought Seattle would pull it mm-hmm. off, and they did, and D.K. Metcalf was huge when when really needed. and He's been a lot better than I thought he would. Uh, yeah. Of course, of course, he had that great combine. Mm-hmm. He's just he's just a rock, and uh, I heard a lot of reports that his physique could potentially hurt him and prevent flexibility, but uh, they're using him well. I mean, he had great year as a rookie and uh, was their best player on the field. I think he's a super he's got to be a future superstar. Mm-hmm. He might already be. Um I, I think I think he's yeah, he's got to be one of the best wide receivers for many many years and make a lot of teams look dumb for letting him slide in the second round, but yep. is what it is. So that sets up this weekend's matchups. I got to look. I can't remember what order. I think the Tennessee Baltimore game's first on Saturday. Um Yes. I think Baltimore 
wins by at least 17. Whoa. Uh, what? You think it's going to be a blowout? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, Baltimore's a lot better than oh, Tennessee That's a is. second game anyways. So um, nine and a half point favorites. Uh, I think they cover that easily. I don't think Tennessee will be able to score enough. I mean, Derrick Henry had a great game in New England, but their offense only scored 14 points, and that's the way uh, the NFL's turned to. If you have a great run game, you don't score as many points as if you have a, a great quarterback. Uh, he touched the ball, what, 35 times? Uh, so he could be a little worn down. Um, what Tennessee needs to do is just ball control, like they did in New England. No. Uh, Tannehill can't turn the ball over. He has to go make more plays than he did in sure. New England. Sure. Uh, but I think Baltimore wins fairly easily. Yeah, Lamar Jackson does have a playoff game under his belt. Mm-hmm. Experience was awful in it last year, but he does have one under his belt. I think Baltimore wins, but I'm going to say by 10 points or less. Mm. I think it's a little closer than everybody. I could see with the bye, they might come out a little rusty and maybe feel a little bit too much pressure. If the Titans knowing get the up to a two-touchdown head start or a 10-point head start, watch out. Mm-hmm. But uh, the first game on Saturday is Minnesota at San Francisco. San Francisco is a seven-point favorite. You know, I'm, I'm going to bundle both NFC picks together, and this will be the J-Man's Book It Prediction of the Week. Both road teams will win in the NFC. I think Minnesota goes on the road and beats uh, San Francisco, and then Seattle goes on the road and wins in Green Bay. Uh, I don't know why I feel that way. This uh, Green Bay team is, and I've said it before, they are the worst 13-3 and team in both the history wow. of the league. Um, I like this San Francisco team, but they haven't been in the playoffs in a few years. Could have some immense pressure on them to get it done just to win a game uh, in the playoffs. And I think the Vikings, after having that huge overtime win in Seattle, um, gets a dub out there. And the J-Man's Book of Prediction of the Week is brought to you by Indiana Farm Bureau Insurance Agent Travis Watchering for life, home, auto, renters, business, workers' comp, and farm insurance. Contact him at 219 869-4561 and also at travis.watchering at infb.com. And speaking of Travis Watchering, uh, today on social media he said today's one of his favorite days of the year as he kicks off a new year helping Indiana families be better protected on their home, auto, life, and business assurance. A big thank you to the 70 plus new families who entrusted him with their insurance in 2019. If you're interested in having Travis help you out with any of your insurance needs, like Josh said, you can contact him at 219-869-4561 or email him at travis.watchering at infb.com. 24 hours, seven days a week. Let's make 2020 great. That was pretty bold. Uh, Got to go bold. There. I don't get very many of them right. <laughs> I'm going with the Niners at home. I'm a big Kyle Shanahan fan. I've been on record of that many, many times saying that. Even though I wussed out and had them going six and ten after praising them all off season, um, but if I would have picked them, then they would have went six and ten. That's just how it is. But mm-hmm. I like them to beat the Vikings. But if the Vikings win this game, they might just go to the Super Bowl because right. I just keep picking against them. Um, I think it'll be a good game, though. Then your first game on Sundays, uh, Texans at Chiefs. Um, I think that line's bigger than the uh, Titan Raven game, isn't it? Nine and a half also. Nine and a half Both also. Um, I think the Chiefs win. I think this is a closer game. I think they win by about ten. Um, two defenses that are not very good, especially secondary-wise. Um, I think Chiefs 
defense that played a lot better at the end of the year. Um, maybe they can keep that rolling. But I think this will be a high-scoring game, something like 31-27, 31-24, 31-21, something like that. I haven't been bold tonight except for teams I don't like, and that's what I'm doing here again. I'm picking the Texans. <laughs> I, I think the Chiefs are the better team. I'm uh, just hoping somehow that Andy Reid just pulls an Andy Reid special and finds a way to lose a playoff game. Um, I'm taking the Texans. I think Jay. I like what J.J. Watt in in, in uh, influencing that defense mm-hmm. coming back Saturday. I thought he played pretty well. And then your nightcap for a Sunday's Seattle at. Green Bay, you picked Seattle. Pick Seattle. I will go with the home team here and pick Green Bay. Even though I see, I've had, I even went on record last week in Kansas City and Seattle's been my Super Bowl pick, but I'm going against it this week. And uh, I think it's going to be the frozen tundra there in Green Bay. Hopefully, it's um, snowing. That'll be fun. Yeah, I think Aaron Rodgers finds a way to get it done. That's going to be a fun matchup to watch Russell Wilson against Aaron Rodgers. What time are those games Sunday, dude? 305 and okay, 640. They, ch- they changed it up because. Uh, and your Saturday's 435 and 815. Just like it was this past Saturday. Early game out. That's a 135 start in San Fran. 435. It is early, isn't it, man? Yeah. Um, interesting note here my dad sent me. That was Drew Brees' fourth overtime playoff game. Ties Brett Favre. He played four wow. overtime playoff games. They played one against each other. The NFC yeah, Championship. Oh, yeah. That was a good one, too. Which I, I guess the Vikings kind of got revenge for that. Yeah. Um, Vikings have the Saints number, <laughs> especially in the playoffs. But it's it was a fun weekend of playoff football, and I look for this next weekend to be to equally. Be, uh, hopefully, fun. hopefully it's fun because college football after tonight's little bowl game, we're done with it for a week until the national championship next Monday. I'm kind of perturbed. The national championship is not tonight. I'm yeah. just perturbed. Yeah, about it's that. a bad it's like, a bad TV night tonight. It's terrible. It's brutal. Yeah. Um, we, we didn't even talk about the playoff last week. That Ohio State-Clemson game will go down as a classic. Sure. What Joe Burrow did to Oklahoma is just uh, – Butt-whooping. I yes. mean, he was, it, was impre- it was unbelievable. Seven touchdowns uh, in the first I half. I think Ohio State cost themselves the game with roughing the punter and uh, going helmet-to-helmet helmet against Lawrence. And the officials didn't help with uh, what looked like a clear fumble six. Uh, they overturned it, yeah. too, is the thing. And Fields threw a late pick. Mm-hmm. Um, great game, though, like you said. Great game. Either Clemson or Ohio State – if either one of them, whoever was going to win, I said it was going to be a toss-up between LSU. We'll pick that game next Monday, next but week. it's going to be a fun one. It's It could almost be like the quarterback matchup of our generation compared to like Bird and Johnson back in the day. Well, you got to imagine Joe Burrow's going to go one in yeah. the draft this year, and you, Trevor Lawrence would be next year. year. So, yeah, that's a, yeah. Good, that's a good comparison. Yeah, it's, uh, it's going to be fun to watch. It's going to be mm-hmm. two really good teams, a lot of athleticism, of course. A lot of uh, speed. Uh, two good coaches. Yeah, I'm Very calling Ed Orgeron a good coach after Love coach you know, he finally had a really good year this year. He kind of needed it. I think USC screwed up not keeping sure. him when he was in trouble. He, he struggled at Ole Miss. I get why he got mm. fired there years ago. But he's SEC through and through. He right. gets the Bayou Bengal culture down there. Dabo's one of the best ever to do it. If Clemson wins this one, that's three of the last four. Can we start hating them? Like yeah, do I'll start. Except Dabo's not as unlikable as Saban. But I don't think you I can be on his level. However, Dabo um, says some pretty dumb things. He said he will absolutely quit coaching if players start getting paid. Yeah. He's making $12 million. So yeah. yeah. That kind of makes him hateable. Sure. Um, the Indiana Hoosiers lost a heartbreaker to Tennessee. A real bad heartbreaker. Unbelievable choke job. I mean, teams going into that game this year when having a 13-point lead or more with five minutes ago were – um, oh, and 
471 <laughs> teams that had that deficit, I should say. Now they're 1 and 471 because Tennessee pulled it off. Shockingly. It was just, I don't know. It just, I's defense fell apart, and then their offense just got them in field goal range, but they missed. I know you don't, but uh, I feel bad for Indiana Hoosier football fans. I feel bad for the actual Indiana Hoosier football fans, not the ones that just rooted for them in the bowl game or that wear blue and gold most Saturdays. The Cameron and Carter Screetons, the Austin <laughs> Fausts, the Garrett Weinigers of the world, those guys I feel bad for. Indiana Hoosier football is a lot like Illinois football in that regard. You, yeah, yeah. you guys have seen the Rose Bowl. Sure. You, you guys have won a bowl game since 91. Sure. So, yeah, I guess. I guess. Yeah, but, yeah. But. All right, hit me with Birdie Bogey. Yep. I won't look at your computer. Yes. Uh, I think I remember the question. Greg Popovich, as of May, he won. He had uh, 1,234 wins, making him active the coach. most for the active M- NBA head coaches. Can you name me three of the other four right behind him? Rick Carlisle. He is one of them. He is third with 616. Um, Eric Spolstra. No. He's not on there. Nope. Active. I couldn't tell you who's in. Um, I can't imagine Frank Vogel's in there then. Nope. Because those are the other two guys I was thinking. You're getting a bogey this week. Um, you can give me a par. I got one. I give you pars all the time when you get one, one out, out of four. four. Three? One out. You get one out of four and I give you a par because I'm a nice guy. Um, I couldn't tell you who's in the NBA as the head coach. <laughs> I, I might stop. Is Stan Van Gundy still around? <laughs> no. Um, if he is, he's not on this list. You're gonna you're gonna kick yourself, man. Is Tom Thibodeau still around, dude? You're gonna kick. Yourself. Oh, uh, Steve Kerr. No, He's not on there. Yeah, these guys have uh, coached for a long time. Who's the, dude, I don't watch the freaking NBA. I said Rick Carlisle. I Nate McMillan's from, fifth with six hundred ten. How the heck would I know that he's on there? Six hundred ten. Mike D'Antoni, oh, six hundred fifteen. Didn't know he's he fourth. Was still coaching. Is he with the Rockets? Doc Rivers, eight hundred eighty-four, oh, number two. I, yeah, that's bad. Wrap it up, J-Man. Thanks for watching the Tan and J-Man Show live on the ISC Sports Network and free ISC Sports Network app. You can also listen on Apple Podcasts, TuneIn Radio, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, as well as... Audio Boom and pretty much anywhere you listen and subscribe to podcasts. Please give us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Helps us out a bunch. Lock us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, follow us on Instagram. We'd like to thank our sponsors, Noble Gnome LLC and Indiana Farm Bureau Insurance Agent Travis Watching. Also looking for a sponsor for the show, so contact either Tanner and I on our uh, personal Twitter pages, or you can text, uh, call, whatever, text, just call, get a hold of Facebook us. us. His personal Twitter is at the underscore T underscore Lee. Mine is at dog 16 We'll be back at it next Monday night to talk a little NCAA National Championship football game. Have a good week, everybody.